Matt Unreal. This is Arthur. That is Isaac. And Tenet is in the theaters. Mm-hmm. And Mulan is on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Now, so I saw Mulan. You did. You didn't tell me that. You I, kept that a secret. You didn't tell me that. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, I wanted to get your, uh, I wanted to get your live reaction. <laughs> I did. I did see it. Okay. Um, I have to say that I happened to be uh, at uh, my daughter's house. And so I didn't see it on my dime, mm. which kind of sweetened the deal sense. for me. Right. It's mm. kind of sweetened the deal for me. Um, quick backstory. It was announced that Disney would release Milan to Disney Plus subscribers mm-hmm. for twenty nine ninety nine on top of the existing uh, subscription. And then, like, what, a week later? Two weeks later? Like, two weeks later. Yeah, they announced that they would release Milan for everyone, for all Disney subscribers, without the premium fee in December. And that kind of cooled my jets. <laughs> that's, that's when I'll be seeing it, right? Right. It's like, I've been, well, I've been waiting this long, mm-hmm. so I can hold out. But, um, like I said, I did, you know, I did watch it. And uh, I, I want to say that I enjoyed it the most out of all of the other sort of live action mm-hmm. Disney's. Um, possibly Lion King would be the, 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 if not the exception, but just like the neck and neck. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think the Mulan story had a little bit more um, ambition by deviating from the cartoon storyline that the Lion King held so closely to. Right. Um, so that's not so much of a negative on Lion King, but that's more in the positive co- column for uh, for Mulan. Because um, Lion King was basically like note by note, right? Yeah, Lion <laughs> King was note by note. note, by note. Re- live reinterpretation, where, yeah. well, not even reinterpretation, but live interpretation. That's so right. And Milan just kind of went really and did their own thing. Yeah, they. So uh, in the cartoon, you know, you've got the you've got the dragon that's that's voiced by Eddie Murphy, who's like her guardian angel. Mm-hmm. No spoilers, by the way, but we can give kind of like broad overview. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going to spoil anything, uh, oh, but, no. but 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 um, nothing that no one no one knows or could or could read in any article, you know. But that that character was removed. Mm-hmm. So the so the idea of comic relief is not in this film. In that way, mm-hmm. um, and the love interest is shifted a little bit. So um, the costuming was 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 great. Um, I thought the cin- cinematography was nice. Um, um, the, the the writing the writing was okay, but I I, I kind of want to say that some of the direction threw me off because there were certain things that you sort of had to assume, you know, mm-hmm. in other words, well, how did Mulan get from point A to point B? Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of have to assume something in the middle for, you know, for that to happen. Hmm. And, um, that kind of, kind of, uh, it, it bothered me a little bit. Mm-hmm. It just kind of, you know, just kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit, but from, but from an entertainment standpoint, um, it was good. Uh, my wife, who really is a big, she's a big Mulan fan. She really enjoys the cartoon. I do too, but I mean, she was really looking forward to this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, she enjoyed it, you know, definitely wants to see it again to kind of, you know, sort of like take it all in. Mm-hmm. 
And um, there were some, there were a couple of cameos. Um, there was a, there was a, a cameo where the original actress, um, and I don't have her name in front of me, so forgive me. But the original actress who voiced Mulan in 1998, who now um, is a, is uh, a cast member of uh, Agents of Shield. Mm. Oh, and she wait a minute, was that it? Wasn't Michelle? Yo, not Michelle, yo. Uh, no, I know you're talking about that, but she she so she cameoed. Okay, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, and I read an article uh, in the New York Times that talked about it, that focused just on that. And originally she had a different role, but the schedules didn't align. So mm-hmm. they figured out a way to get her in there. Um, and, um, you know, it fits it fits the storyline. It's actually it's actually more appropriate than what her original role was supposed to be mm-hmm. uh, in the live action. So. so let me ask you this, though, before we get into the show, you. You said you were at your daughter's house and it was on. Was this a, hey, let's have an event around seeing Milan? Or was it just like, we're all going to be over at the house and Milan, let's, hey, kind of spur of the moment, let's watch Milan? It, it was the latter. Because it was the latter. And, and that's but Mulan was on everyone's mind. Mm-hmm. You know, and, it, and the conversation kind of was, hey, is Mulan out? Or, or Mulan came up, you know, and then it was, oh, wait a minute, hey, let's, mm-hmm. you know, let's watch Mulan after dinner. Right. So it so, was a yes. thing where. After dinner, everyone, you know, sat around, you know, the big screen and, you mm-hmm. know, did our thing. So it was kind of like, because the reason I'm asking is it was kind of like, you know, because this whole thing that's going on now with the kind of the conversation around Milan um, that everybody's had. And, you know, we had it on this show a couple episodes ago mm-hmm. and the decision that Disney made, it was kind of like, OK, that's is this going to be the new reality as far as, you know, the movie you know the the theater going experience instead of going to the yeah. theater we're going to be doing this at home so I, the reason i'm asking is like did it feel to you like an event like you, you know if you go to the movies it's not like a huge you know concert going event but it is still an event you know it's like mm-hmm. you plan it you get the kids in the car you know it's like everybody goes and it's kind of like mm-hmm. you're you're out of the house you're doing something now you were out of your home you know you were at right. your at your at your daughter's house but did that feel, you know, how did it feel to you? I guess I don't even want to put words in your mouth. I just want to ask you, how did that feel? It it felt like I thought it would in my mind's eye for watching Mulan here at home. And it, the same kind of event connotation was still there. I envisioned, you know, we're all sitting down to watch this movie. We're not sitting down talking. We're not sitting down, you know, with TV trays, mm-hmm. all of that. It was, and, and nobody nobody talked really. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, there was very little, you know, at home heckling. So it was really kind of, it was more, it was more like being in a theater. Yeah, it was. Do we know it how was. Milan did financially or, well, I know Disney probably isn't going to release those numbers unless they're hugely favorable. Um, but do we know, do we have any idea how, cause it's been out what this today, as we record this is September 13th. Mm-hmm. So it's been out for what a week, week and a half. Yeah, week, so, week yeah, and let's, a half. Let's let's look really quickly because I'm I'm interested as we we're about to dive into the to the main show and saw about and talk about something we just watched a few minutes ago. I'm right. interested to see how because you know that's the two kind of like t- you know the pillars of this is how people feel when they're watching these movies, you know these premiere mm-hmm. movies, and then also of course how many people are doing what your daughter did and paying that $30. Now, did you guys all chip in on the $30 or did you, <laughs> you no. said it wasn't on your dime. So right. it was, <laughs> there was no chipping no. in. <laughs> no. I mean, I think we pay for dinner. 
I don't, you know. And that's the that's the financial re- you know reality of this is that if you were going to the theaters, <clears throat> for we're talking what uh, eight people, nine people, how many people were there? Yeah, we were. Yeah, we were deep. So um, one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, we had six. So six people. That's a lot more than thirty dollars. You know, mm-hmm. um, a lot more than twenty nine ninety nine. Well, that's that's at least a hundred dollar mm-hmm. deal. Mm-hmm. Not with, counting and then. With, yeah, then you bring it in probably parking and everything else, and mm-hmm. yeah. So these these are the financial realities, you know, that that studios are facing. They're trying to make, and, and that's not a that's a two hundred million dollar movie, I believe. Um, so yeah, that's that's the reality. So did you see? Do you see anything online yet? Is there? Is did Disney release anything about this film yet? A little bit, you know. Apparently, there there was uh, a box office debut in China. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I'm, I mean, I'm getting some conflicting numbers just off of a cursory Google search. But uh, according to the studio, this is quoting from a CNN business article. Um, we've got, uh, according to the studio, the live action remake of the 90, 1998 animated classic brought in an estimated 23.2 million U.S. dollars opening in China this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um to put that number into context, the Lion King, the live-action Lion King, opened to a fifty-four million uh, mm-hmm. dollar box office in China, mm-hmm. you know, last year. So more than um, double. Yeah. Now the U.S. is a little murky. They're not really saying, you know, like if you if you type in Mulan box office in a Google search, you know, the primary box will say five point million U.S. dollars. Mm-hmm. So that so is that the take for the subscriptions? Right. Um, that sounds commensurate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you were right. The budget's like two hundred million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So let's you know let's 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 get into the main show because I think that 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 um, those numbers and kind of your experience I think it's going to come back and we'll touch back on that with some of these topics we're about to get into today. So it's uh, you've done it the last few times. So let me do it. If you don't mind, I mean, if you want to jump in, go ahead, but I'll do it. Okay, so it is Mad Unreal no, episode. No, just put your heart into it. <laughs> it's Mad Unreal episode 26. Let's go. So, you know, contrast to that, Tenet is in the theaters. I haven't seen it yet because it's in the theaters and I'm not ready to go back. Um and right, you just answer you just like tennis in the theaters and that's why i haven't seen it <laughs> yeah what a crazy yeah world that's, we're that's really you it. haven't seen it because it's in the theaters okay that's, that's exactly where we're right. At right now yeah that's where we're at and uh and after the first weekend you know warner had said hey we pulled in 20 million um global well i think that's that, the thing that's that would be i thought that was wild. domestic i think that's a global number but I'm. But go ahead with your point, though. But whether or not it's global or not, go ahead. Yeah. No. 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 According to Variety, twenty million in the U.S. nears one hundred fifty million globally. Okay. Um. Experts would say that a movie like Tenet would do fifty million U.S. in the, over the weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, in that in the first weekend, so that that's not you know bad, and I guess. Any money isn't bad, mm-hmm. you know, but to earn less, what, f- roughly 40% of what you would have expected to earn, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody would say that that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in a funnier story, 
uh, also sourced from Variety. Um, Warner Brothers won't share tenant box office data, which angers studio rivals or well, rival studios. Mm-hmm. So they made a lot of noise up front and then said nothing since then, which doesn't give other studios any sense of how the climate is that they can either stay on the revised release schedule or rework it further. And we know that Wonder Woman's got pushed further into the year, into December. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to, you know, I don't, I don't want to dwell on, on, I mean, these events are, are absolutely relevant to what we're about to talk about, but I don't want to dwell on this uh, at the expense of talking about our, our, our topic subjects, mm-hmm. um, which is um, uh, the revised, not the revised, but the second No Time to Die trailer, but the first Dune trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. which released last week. And Dune is a highly anticipated uh, film. Um, it's directed by um, Denis Villeneuve, who also directed Arrival. Mm. I, think I, saw, with, I think I saw Arrival with you. Yeah. And, and also, I, and, I, and I happened to see Arrival um, recently um, with Amy Adams and... Um, Oh, my man, Hawkeye. Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner. Thank you, Jeremy yeah. Renner. And and so I'm actually looking forward to this film. Now, let me say something about Dune. Because I'm actually one of those people who <laughs> who have heard of Dune. I'm old enough to remember the 1984 film release of Dune directed by David Lynch. Um, I never saw that. Um I was uh, a low-key science fiction kid and had the Lord of the Rings books that I never read and had Dune books that, uh, that, that, I, never, that I never read. So mm-hmm. I really don't have much of a frame of reference for Dune. And it, and it is kind of, it's interesting. It's like my path to this film and being interested in this film is very similar to being interested in... Um, the first Lord of the Rings trilogy film, uh, Fellowship of the Ring, uh, back in what ninety nine two thousand before it came out, you know, leading up leading up to this, right? Um, and there are you know there are several people who are kind of I think I think like me I think you're one of those people mm. who've heard of Dune. It's supposed to be this you know epic thing, but you really don't know you know too much about it. I remember um, Dune being on HBO. I think when I was a kid, like you know, I, I think when, when when did the original Dune come out? That was eighty. That was eighty four. It was released eighty four. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. I do remember. it, I think being on HBO and I just it just didn't appeal to me. So I, don't, I yeah, I'm like you. I didn't watch. I didn't. I didn't even have the books though. But I didn't. I didn't watch the, the film. I remember the book was enormous, um, and it was. It felt yeah. more like a cult classic to me. Although I'm, I'm, you know, it's been. I don't think it's ever been out of print or anything, but. Um, yeah, I didn't, I, right. I didn't, it didn't appeal to me either. Well, an interesting thing about Dune, cause I, I, I wanted to read a little bit about what, about the plot line, um, in part to prepare for this episode, but also in part to get a, get, get some context to the, to the trailer. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, it's, it's a story that is seemingly takes place in the future, but um, it was written, 
a little more in other words technology is not the emphasis of the story it's like right. the integration of technology and what's supposed to be isn't isn't um um, um heavily um represented in the story mm-hmm. and and just reading it it kind of reminded me of of uh mad the mad max story yeah this that that aesthetic is yeah yeah i feel that yeah when you're watching the trailer i felt that yeah and it's a battle for controlling of resources. And Dune, in and of itself, refers to sand dunes. Mm, another turn off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and ironically, you know, and there there have been failed attempts at trying to bring this film. Um, well, there have been failed attempts to try to bring the film to the screen, but also once it got to the screen and also to small, to the small screen years, you know, years later, it's never, it's never really worked. Mm -hmm. And I think the irony now is that the technology, a story that really doesn't emphasize technology can be brought to the screen in, you know, I guess in a better, more intended way because of the technology now. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when I don't know, do you want to just dive into the trailer, man? Because we yeah, come on, <laughs> we just watch. We don't do. I, I no, we've done trailer reviews on this show, but we don't necessarily do them. But we just literally watched the trailer right before we hit record. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll pick up right there, that thought you just you just had right there before we like kind of give overall thoughts. That is one thought that I had at the trailer is that technology is you get that you get that feeling immediately that is not the emphasis of this world. Right. Um, it did yeah. feel very Mad Maxy to me. Um, mm-hmm. You know that those wide open landscapes, the kind of starkness, and you know, sand. I don't want to sound like Anakin, but I'm not. Sand just is not my thing. You know, what I'm saying mm-hmm. when I see a lot mm-hmm. of sand, it's just like unless I'm literally on a beach. When I see a lot of sand in a film, it just not. It doesn't turn me on. So let me. Okay, so go back to the beginning of this trailer as you watched it somebody both of us are neophytes to this dune you know mythology this dune world what did you what was your impression at the beginning of this trailer um that this was a story about it had like a king arthur feel to it where there's this young man who we find out is the son of a ruler presumably of either a nation or an entire planet Mm. who now is forced to assume a role that he's predestined for it gave me game of thrones vibes and um a little bit of luke skywalker vibe just from the standpoint of like the hero's journey mm-hmm. the chosen one yeah 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. i mean I, I got that same vibe and i think to be perfectly honest with you that's what bored me like right from the start because it's like here mm-hmm. goes another chosen one story and to be fair and to be honest i think that I like chosen one stories, you know, when they are, cause I mean, how many we've seen, you know, so many of them and we keep going back and seeing those type of stories. So obviously that, um, trope works, you know, it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a, it's a, it's a valuable trope. I think the hero's journey is very, um, is very, you know, people have written books about it. So I, I, I'm not prejudiced against the hero's journey or the chosen one trope, but there was just something, and this could just be the trailer. You know, I trust Dennis uh, Villa. I don't know how you pronounce his last name. Villa, Villanueva or Villanueva. Um, I said uh, Villan, Villanueva. Okay. You know, um, 
Dennis, you know, D. <laughs> I trust D. <laughs> uh-huh. I trust D. I trust him because I've you know I've, I've liked his films. Um, I think that he is a very um, thoughtful storyteller, um, and not just in the sense of you know spectacle. He's you know, there's a lot of intent and meaning behind what he's showing you. So I trust him, but I have mm-hmm. to say that you know this the presentation of the hero's journey and kind of the chosen one trope. It just it bored me at the beginning of this trailer. Um, you know, I just felt it felt, you know, what it felt like, Arthur, it felt forced. You know, it was like, you know, everything you've gone through, you know, your father's, you know, it just felt very forced. Like, you know, and then yeah. the, the look on Timothy Chalamet, the way he's kind of like looking so serious and looking up, it was just like, all right, here we go. You know, it was like, and I, online on Twitter, I saw a lot of good positive responses for this trailer. I mean, the trailer blew up from what I, you know, it was very well received mm-hmm. from what I saw. Mm-hmm. But I was questioning, was I was that mainly from Dune fans, like people who have been really anticipating this film, people in the in the unreal world, you know, in our in our in our sphere, who mm-hmm. have been greatly anticipating this and looking forward to this and following, you know, the development of this film to finally get this trailer and for it to look, cause it did look good, you know, look gorgeous. Um, yeah. and for it to be apparently for it to be true to the original, you know, story and, you know, to kind of, cause David Lynch's version was not very well received from what I've read. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see the excitement, but I wondered if, if is that for the average moviegoer, are they going to be excited by this? Um, so that, that was my initial thought in the first few, you know, say 30 seconds of the trailer. You know, I think with the time that we're living in, I think, well, let me let me speak to the first part. I do think reading um, comments on the YouTube page in which the official trailer is posted, a lot of anticipation for this film. And it was it seemed to be a mix of people who were familiar with the story, um, but also people who are um, 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 fans of Arrival and Blade Runner, um, the Blade Runner mm-hmm. sequel, looking forward to how this story would be told that, that, um, that, um, D was no, <laughs> D <laughs> that Villeneuve oh, would treat this story correctly. And it would be, I saw one comment that said, you know, this could be his, the dark Knight. This could mm. put him up there, vault him up there with Nolan and even Spielberg in terms of being able to handle an epic story based on um, a beloved property, being mm. Frank Herbert's Dune. And I think to go along with that point because, really quickly, yeah, I think it is important to point out that this is, I believe, the studio has, has, has you know taken this book and said, okay, this is the first part of this book. So this film is half of the story. It's not the full Dune story. So... Mm-hmm unless it completely tanks at the you know at the box office or VOD or whatever i think that they're committed to you know giving him the reins for at least a two-parter if not a trilogy at least a two-parter mm-hmm. i don't think right now people are looking for happy go lucky stories um i think we're looking for films mm. that we can be entertained by but also that are you know epics that are something that we want to be able to put our, you know, moving, going hopes in, you know what I'm saying? It's like, we want to, we want to, we want to get some meat. We want to get a thick, 
know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We, want, we, you know, we want we want something that we so can make it, we can look forward to and, and really enjoy and sink your teeth into. So maybe you say it's that epic. You know, maybe I think again to re- to interpret what you're saying. I think maybe this is the right time to give the you know give the world a hero's journey epic chosen one you know broad experience story you know what I'm saying it's like i think that's what you're saying like this is a good yeah. time for that type of storytelling yeah it's like we want we want to we want to sit a, see a 3 hour movie because we want 3 hours mm-hmm. to not have to think about what we're what our day to day is like now you know mm-hmm. and this is literally taking us to another world literally so i i i'm kind of with you on that but then i'm also kind of like the vibe that i got from this trailer um, and we're getting a little ahead of, ahead of ourselves. That's cool. The vibe I got from this trailer was kind of, I, I don't know, man, it left me kind of down. You know what I'm saying? It was like, I yeah. felt kind of like, like, you know, when he sticks, okay. So the next part of the trailer after the first, you know, 30 seconds or so, you know, the woman, um, whoever he's talking to again, I'm sure people who, who are really into Dune are like screaming at us right now because we don't know any of these characters. Yeah. And, yeah, she says to him, you know, you can either, you know, endure or whatever or you can die, you know. And he's like, well, what did he, she says, you know, you can stick your hand in the box or you can die. And he says, you know, what's in the box? And she says pain. And when he stuck his hand in that box, man, and he just starts screaming, that just turned me off. You know what I'm saying? I was just like, I don't want to see that. You know, it's like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. So I kind of I'm wondering, like, I want to go with your point. I feel you as far as the, you know entering another world and kind of getting lost there. But then on the, just, just kind of devil's advocate, I feel like if this film has a very somber feel to it, then I wonder if that's going to work, you know, against it. Cause I'm sure that Milan to, to go back to the cold open of this show, Milan, when you were watching that, it wasn't, you know, somber. If, you know, even whatever, you know, again, no spoilers, but whatever happened in it, I'm sure there was some tragedy in it or some low points, but the there overall were, feel of that movie probably wasn't somberness. No, it wasn't. But that was also Disney, right? And mm-hmm. this, I think, you know, thinking about Arrival, you know, the end of Arrival was bitter. I felt bittersweet. I didn't necessarily feel felt. I didn't necessarily feel upbeat so much as I was completely let down. Yeah. You know, and if this is going to be um you know a trilogy or a multi-part story told through several films mm-hmm. then looking back at uh the fellowship of the ring um the f- first harry potter um what was the last Harry Potter film that they split up in two in, in two parts? Um, you're asking me the Deathly Hollows, and the only reason I know is I just saw it on TV the other day. Right, the Deathly Hollows. You know, you are <laughs> because the story isn't finished. It what you know you 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 weren't completely let down, but you weren't completely you know bolstered by a happy ending. You know, it's it's it, you you know you kind of have to set yourself up for a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. But one thing that seemed kind of out of place, but apparently was like the big deal 
was at the end of the trailer when you see, you know, the sandworm, which is supposed to be, you know, like basically like the release the Kraken moment. And, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and I think that and, and it's like it was just inserted. It didn't have any, you know. Yeah, it didn't. yeah. I, and I think I, I'm with you. I felt like they did that as a way to say we're going to do this right. You know, I don't exactly. know what the, yeah. I don't know what that worm looked like in the first movie. I don't know. But right. evidently that was a big moment because I did see a lot of people on Twitter like they got the worm right. They got you know, the worm right. Like, uh-huh. I'm like, OK, they got the worm right so we good evidently but yeah i'm with you i didn't yeah that that just seemed kind of weird at the end and i'm like oh, that thing looks like it's, it looked like mr snuffleupagus like his nose or something but I, you know yeah. it, it was a worm it definitely was a worm it was coming out of sand um and it was big <laughs> so i'm interested about the performances too i mean this is a pretty they, they spent some money on the cast um oscar isaacs is in it uh zendaya is in it um uh uh, Dave Batista is in it. They, mm-hmm. they spent some money Chalamet. on this. Chalamet, Timothy Chalamet, yeah. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. L- let me ask you, speaking of the cast, that was another thing. This movie fell, even though, okay, you guys in Daya, um, Batista, and then there was a sister, I believe, um, an African-American. I don't know if she's African-American, but um, a black woman who is taking, I, 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 from what I understand, she's taking over the role from somebody who in the previous film or maybe even the book was a white male or just mm-hmm. implied was a male or a white male. But so she's taking that role. I didn't, I don't think they showed her in the trailer unless I blinked and I missed her. Um, but this, this trailer did seem also it's funny. Cause I, I guess, you know, you could claim it has a diverse cast, but it didn't feel mm-hmm. diverse mm-hmm. to me. You know what I'm saying? It, it felt very European to me. Um, so that was, that was another thing, you know, that kind of, um, I don't know if it turned me off, but it didn't. I guess the diversity of their cast didn't like bring me into it. You know, even though I'm I'm a Zendaya fan, um, I didn't see I didn't see anybody with brown skin. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Just to put it like that. Mm -hmm. I didn't see anybody Mm -hmm. with brown or dark brown skin. Um, So that was another thing. But yeah, it's overall, man, I feel that I guess the question that we posed to ourselves, you know, when we were talking about this, this episode of the show was, you know, for two people like us who are not into the Dune mythology or like you said, have no frame of reference. Did this um, spark your interest? You know, did this make you want to go, you know, see this, this movie? I mean, I guess no more than any other one. I mean, it's pretty much par for the course. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, people of color are always going to be unrepresented or, or uh, it, it's like we don't exist in the future. Right, right. And if this is, I mean, this book was written in the, what, the 70s or 60s or whatever. It was 1965, I believe it was first published. Okay, so it was absolutely commonplace, even though it's still commonplace, it was even more commonplace then for not to, not to include us in the future, unless we were the ones doing the writing. Um, so yeah, that was that was just another thing that kind of pulled me out. But overall, did the movie, did this, did this draw you in? Did this trailer make you want to say, okay, I'm going to check this Dune thing out? Like you, you um, talked about the big epic thing, so did this? I make mean, you yes, it's a short on? answer, but it's like okay, you know, Tenet is going to play on the streaming service at eight o'clock on a Friday. Dune is going to play on the same streaming service eight o'clock on a Friday. I'm still going to go see Tenet first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess I, I think it is a decision. Sometimes it's hard, man, because I think that when we were going to the theaters. I think it was even more so of a decision. Like if you see these worlds, which world do I want to enter? You know, do I want to enter the world of Dune or do I want to enter mm-hmm. the world of Tenet? Because both of these directors, not to pit these movies against each other, because that's not what this is about, but 
just to use your example, both of these directors, Nolan and our boy D, they mm-hmm. present worlds, you know, they create yeah. worlds and then they present these worlds to you and then you walk into them and you're enveloped by that world and the rules of that world um, and the kind of the science and everything of that world. And I mean, all directors do that to some extent, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying mm-hmm. these kind of they have kind of an all tour, you know, um, approach to it. Um, just using these two directors as an example. And I guess that it is a decision, you know, which which world do you want to enter? And for me, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with you. I'm not nothing about this trailer made me feel that again, as a Dean, as a Dune neophyte, um, it didn't make me feel like I wanted to enter Dune world, mm-hmm. you know, and, and figure out, okay, who is this guy? Who is this kid? Why is he the chosen one? Um, Batista's character, you know, is he the, is he the, the villain? Cause he did look villainous for a second. Um, yeah. Jason Momoa. I thought I saw oh, Jason yeah. Momoa. Jason yeah, Momoa. Um, so he, you know, his character looks like, you know, heroic and, you know, there was nothing, the sandworm notwithstanding, I don't think there was anything, mm-hmm. you know, that, cause a lot of times the worlds, they introduce you not just to the characters, but then there's something alien or cool there, whether it's like a infrastructure, you know, building the architecture mm-hmm. or just yeah. like a mode of transportation or there's something there that makes you really be like, okay, like for, for Avatar, for example, you know, when you mm-hmm. saw Avatar, the worlds, even in the trailers, you're like, wow, I want to go mm-hmm. see what that world is like. There yeah. was nothing in the Dune trip that made me feel like I want to go check that out. You know, it was like, I kind of want to stay away from right. all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Sand yeah. and starkness and just, it wasn't really, it wasn't hidden. I mean, I'll say to try to wrap this up, I, you know, I feel like I've seen this story before. Mm, that's know, a good this, example. I mean, the sand monster yeah. is Lord of the Rings, Sauron. Mm-hmm. The sand monster is Harry Potter's Voldemort. Mm-hmm. Then you it's got the Garth Mad Vader. Max. It's the Emperor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. You got the Mad Max. I've seen this story before. Mm-hmm. Um, to be fair, as much as I want to see Tenet, part of me feels like I've seen this story before because I love Inception. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and what's intriguing me about that is, okay, how is this different from Inception? Because I have not seen Nolan outright repeat himself. I don't, I don't believe that that's what his style is. Mm -hmm. Um, and conversely, I like, um, um, Villeneuve's films. Mm -hmm. So I want to, I believe that this would be a, 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 a visually stunning film. And the trailer gave me glimpses of that, you know? Mm -hmm. But overall, you know, you and I both know trailers have their agendas. There's an agenda at play and telling you what this film is about. I don't believe is the primary motivator of making a good trailer in the studio's eyes, you know. So I think there's a mix of story, character reveal, character slash actor reveal, you know, and effects reveal, eye candy reveal. Mm -hmm. So you know, we'll just, we'll just have to see. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Um, should we be transparent and say, we're going to pause for a second and we're going to watch no time to die trailer. Even though we've both seen it, we're going to watch it and really, really consume it and then come back and talk about it. So for you guys, it's only going to be like a second for us. It's going to be two minutes and how many other seconds the trailer is, but here we go. All right. I'm out of breath. All right. <laughs> wow. That's well. That's okay, a trailer. So, As Eddie Murphy, remember Eddie Murphy, that's a fire. That's a trailer. Yeah. <laughs> that's a trailer. Yeah. 
No Time to Die. It, it looks like they're going to send Daniel Craig off in style. Um, you know, I just wonder. It's like, what is the tuxedo budget for these films? Because Daniel, he's steady tearing up tuxedos. What was funny though was it was funny in that that in the trailers when you see um, Paloma, um, Anna Darmus's character. She, you know, she mm-hmm. has a tuxedo for him. I don't know if you saw. It was really quick. And it's folded yeah. up like she just yeah. like stuffed it in like something and just like here I have a tux for you you know and he evidently post- which is a <laughs> right. nice callback to Casino Royale when uh, Vesper you know has picked mm-hmm. out his dinner jacket you know mm-hmm. which is a cool moment so I like that mm-hmm. listen man that was that was a trailer and I, I think that we you know the, okay so part of the focus of this episode is you know are these trailers empty promises now you know are they getting us yeah, I was I was resigned, and we'll we'll get into the actual trailer in a moment. But just just to give a quick overall thought, I was kind of resigned in my mind not to not see No Time to Die until spring twenty twenty one or summer twenty twenty one, and I I was mm-hmm. definitely not expecting them to release any more trailers. This trailer came out of nowhere about a week ago, um, and this now they've just put me in a zone where it's like. I, I'm I'm really excited, but I'll, I'll I got a caveat to that. I got an asterisk to that that we'll get to in a minute. But this was just this was an excellent trailer, excellent trailer. So it opens up with some James Bond theme. Did you notice that? I mean, it's it's like yes, I did. Know, Ten seconds in or five seconds in, as it should exactly. And it's like full, you know, because we've gone through so much with Daniel Craig, and I think it was some of it was very well paced, some of it wasn't, but a lot of it was very well paced as far as kind of like not giving us the full James Bond treatment, kind of like, you know, walking us through his, you know, evolution into James Bond. Um, Mm -hmm. So -hmm. it's nice now that in this final film for him, it's just like full out, you know, Bond, you know, it's like 10 seconds of the trailer. Don't, 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 you know, you get in the, the, um, the, uh, the, the James Bond theme. That was really nice. Um, what were your thoughts though? Okay, first few seconds of this trailer, what were you thinking? I mean, because some of it, you know, we had seen in the previous trailer, obviously, but it immediately kind of gives you a different vibe, right? Yeah, it just puts you in the zone that this is this is vintage James Bond. Like we're really doing a Bond film, and you know, from time to time, I, I know that we're doing a, a, a special series, 007 and Counting, where we're reviewing each of the each of the Craig films leading up to No Time to Die, you know, and you know sometimes along the way in the films you kind of they kind of got away from the bond vibe and i think to your point the jason bourne metric was trying to be emphasized to Mm -hmm. try to hit on a younger audience who were who were uh matt damon jason bourne fans Mm -hmm. um but here it's kind of bond taking his rightful place you know on the mantle of spy films Mm -hmm. you know um and that's where it should be and particularly with craig being a highly successful uh james bond knowing that this is his last film it's like they're sending him off right Mm -hmm. and they're doing something for him that they have never this this was the first confirmation this trailer that they are going to do something for daniel craig that he has not gotten to do in any of the four previous films, maybe you could argue Spectre, maybe, but really this is the first mm-hmm. time we've seen it outright. He has to save the world. You know what I'm saying? It's like, mm-hmm. Bond, you know, mm-hmm. uh, this Safin's plan, whatever he's doing, whether you, and you, I think we can kind of assume as some type of maybe 
um, chemical warf, something to do with chemicals or, you know, germs, something that he's doing. Um, Savin's yeah. plan, um, Remy Malik's character, his, his, who is the villain, his plan has to do with, as Nomi says, he's going to kill millions, you know? And mm-hmm. so at that, at that mm-hmm. point in the trailer, it was like, okay, the stakes are out, you know, the stakes are clear. This is, this is Daniel Craig doing what we've seen other bonds do kind of routinely, which is if I don't stop this, you know, the world is going to end or some shit like that. And then Daniel Craig really drives it home, man. That, that, this line, listen, not to be, as you said earlier, not to be corny, but as fans of superhero genre and action genre, there are certain things that happen that send chills down our spines. You know what I'm saying? It gets us like in that mm-hmm. zone where it's like, you know, you want to grab the popcorn. You just, again, like we said earlier, you want to enter that world and you get really, really excited. And the line when, when, yeah. when uh, Bond says, if we don't do this, there'll be nothing left to save his delivery of that line, the shakiness in his voice, but also the command, I was like, all right, I I was that, that did it for me. You know, that, that really sent a chill. And it was like, you never heard uh, Daniel Craig's bond speak like that. You know, um, he's never had the stakes. have never been how, if you look at Casino Royale, that was really about, they weren't even Mm -hmm. aware of quantum at that point. So it was really about stopping the chief, you know, and stopping the, the the arming of uh, him funding other terrorists or whatever. Quantum Asalis was a, you know, more revenge mission. You know, he knew about quantum. We got to stop mm-hmm. this quantum organization, but it was still, you know, more of a personal thing for Craig. Discovery. Right. Skyfall yeah. is yeah. definitely personal. It was strictly about uh, Silva going after M. And then, like I said, Spectre, mm-hmm. you can kind of argue, but it was still very personal because it was, you know, the whole Blofeld thing versus Bond, blah, blah, blah. This is the first time where we're going to get apparently I've, you know, it's not necessarily, there are some personal things going on in here because the Madeline connection was, which we'll talk about in a second, but this is the first time where it feels like we're going to get, if like Craig said, if we don't do this, if he doesn't win, if, you know, is millions of people going to die, this mm-hmm. shit is going to be completely fucked up. Mm-hmm. Saffin's going to win. So mm-hmm. that's those stakes, man, were exciting to me, um, to see that again. One thing wasn't exciting was to see, uh, money painting behind the damn desk. <laughs> I just don't understand. That's, you know, and I, I, I'm I'm 100 percent with you. That's terrible. You know, the whole Skyfall thing with her. Yeah, I'm not going to be in the field in the mirror. I just decided, if not going to be in the field anymore, I decided I'm going to be a secretary, executive secretary of that. But yeah, that was. Right. It's just it's it's silly, and I, I wish I wish that at some point I would you know somebody would talk about that. You know, somebody either with, on the creative production side would mention that, or you know. Yeah, maybe say, yeah, we probably shouldn't have done that. That didn't make a lot of sense. I'm not against her being money, yeah. penny, but for her, you know, I, it's kind of cool how they introduced her. You know, Skyfall, the way she was introduced was cool. But to your point, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. No, she's like, I'm just hoping that, you know, she doesn't become the fin of this. I think this I think she I think she may be. We've seen her in the trailers but it doesn't look like she's going to be in the field at all. And it does, you know, to, to some extent, there's been a lot of pushback from, you know, the quote unquote bond community about having, cause you know, typical bond movies bond is with, you know, M money, penny Q at the beginning of the film. Then he goes off and he does yeah. his thing. And maybe sometimes you see Q in the field, you know, he might come out do something. Or he checks in with M or there's some right. side thing going right. on with M to give right. you some context. Exactly. So that happens. But yeah, these last few, Craig movies, there has been a lot of involvement 
from you know the home team you know and it's like okay do we want that mm-hmm. so that's just just devil's advocate just to just to throw that in but i'm with you i was hoping to get more of naomi harris's character um i do like the fact that the line she says you know i like the byplay between her or the interplay between her and nomi when nomi is like yeah i see why you shot him and you know money pin is like well everybody tries at least once i thought that was a great line um and that's the other thing i want to ask you about it does right. seem like we're going to get maybe a nice mix of um the kind of like standard like one-liners in this um bond says you know i met your new double o yeah the kind of quips she's a disarming woman you know those type of things yeah and i i actually like the way craig delivers these kinds of quips better than say roger Mm. moore where sometimes it would get really (laughs) corny um Mm, that's interesting i think connery uh was the best of the quips having be the one to Mm -hmm. establish them and i think i think craig does very well with it because it contrasts with Mm. his demeanor so we've seen i think we've seen enough of this these between these two trailers and kind of some of the stuff that we've seen online um you know behind the scenes or you know stuff that people have filmed while they were filming we kind of know the opening sequence of you know the the pre-title sequence we kind of get that it's i think we can piece together that you know, Craig and Madeline, or I should say Bond and Madeline are either married or just together and just enjoying their life. And basically some people show up, you know what I'm saying? Somebody rolls up, uh-huh. Craig is chased, maybe, maybe, excuse me, maybe Bond is chased and has to deal with them at first. Then he comes back to wherever Madeline's at and tells her, you know, the past is not dead. Um, so he's obviously mm-hmm. found out something about her and i think you and i speculated when the when the first trailer came out you and i had some speculation about that so i wanted to check back in with you what do you think what do you think her secret has to deal with you know because he when because blofeld tells him you know when you when her secret comes out you know the the, the shit is going to hit the fan basically so do you have any more insight into what you may think or guess her secret is or what it has to do with based on you know what this trailer did i believe that it relates to something that she did either for her father Mm -hmm. mr white or with her father that ultimately leads to vesper's Mm -hmm. death Mm -hmm. i think madeline plays some role in why or how vesper died or how she got Mm -hmm. exposed i you know what i'm i don't know but i hope you're right because i think that would because i said it before what I would really like is for this movie to essentially be a sequel to Quantum of Solace. So it'd be Casino Royale, mm-hmm. Quantum of Solace mm-hmm. in this film. So you get, you know, the the kind of the the bookend of that story of what happened in Casino Royale. And I think when he is standing in front of what looks like a mausoleum um, in, in Italy, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that that's Vesper's grave, you know, and something that, mm-hmm. and like you said, maybe mm-hmm. he finds out that Madeline had something to do with that or she knew something um, or her father knew something and told her, you know, whatever. Um, and then, yeah. cause I remember inspector, he, when he goes to Mr. White, he and Madeline go to Mr. White's safe house or wherever that is. I think it's in Tangiers or somewhere. I don't know where it's at. And, you know, they find that hidden room and there's all that, you know, mm-hmm. specter slash slash quantum, materials and one of them is a tape you know a vesper you know has vesper's name on it so there is still that that link so I, between you know mr white obviously he you know he was he was um 
involved with, you know, blackmailing Vesper, you know, in, in the in Casino Royale. Yeah. So I, I hope that you're right, because I think that that would be a big enough secret that it would drive Bond away from Madeline and say, I, you know, because his love mm-hmm. for Vesper, that's mm-hmm. his great love, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I hope that's what it is. Now, let me ask you, though, also this. What did you think of um, the presentation of, well, two things I'll ask you. The first one I want to ask you about is the presentation of Safin and what appears to be his lair, because layers mm. are villains layers are, are a huge part of bond you know iconography and mythology but they really haven't been used you know very they haven't been prominent in the craig era you know specter you know yeah. blofeld had a layer and it, i thought it was i thought it was just very whack um i thought his layer was horrible but i think this layer you know when you see staff and step out and get kind of a kid at Ken Adams, the, you know, the original designer, production designer for, uh, for the bond films, um, back at mm-hmm. the peak of the, you know, in the golden era of the films, you get kind of that vibe, you know, you get a Dr. No vibe or a, you know, uh, the Moonraker, uh, the Drax vibe, you know, Stromberg, you know, you get all those type of vibes, you know? So how did you feel about that? Uh-huh. Um, not enough information for me because I, I, to be honest, I couldn't tell if he was really in his lair or if he was just sort of like in this remote, just in this, you know, random mm-hmm. spot that he was, you know, operating from or meeting someone with or revealing himself at. Um, I, I would hope given the put a bow on it, cause you know, we're seeing a lot more, we're seeing more of the vintage cars, you know, from 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 uh, James mm-hmm. Bond's history, it would be nice to see you know a full on official um, Stromberg level. And Stromberg was the villain from *The Spy Who Loved Me*, who lived in the ocean layer that could submerge and re reemerge mm-hmm. at will. Um, to just to be that, this is my joint. You're here now. Now mm-hmm. you're trapped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this is where I operate. You know what I'm saying? I yeah, would like I to got see that. The- but I, I kind of got tell. the vibe that it's his lair simply by the way he he steps out. Assuming that's the same you know frame, same same scene. Mm-hmm. He steps out. He feels mm-hmm. you know he looks like he's kind of in his lounge clothes. You know like he's at home. Um, he's mm-hmm. he steps it's, out, okay. and I, I'm assuming that's the moment when they capture um, Bond, like after Bond and, and Nomi have snuck into this place. Um, so I, I mm-hmm. don't know. It just it overall. I mean, listen, Kerry Fukunaga. I think from what we're seeing, I was a fan of his before this. And I think from what we're seeing, he was absolutely the right choice. And I'm hopeful that this is, you know, I'm, I feel like this may end up being one of the best in the series, you know, the, the movie itself. So hopeful for that before we dip out of this though, let me ask you one last thing. Um, the plane, you know, the plane, (laughs) I sound like Mm. tattoo for a second. Mm -hmm. Um, fantasy Island vibes for those who are old enough to remember that. Uh, the plane when, you know, Nomi and, uh, you know, Bond are in it. I think it was the Super Bowl spot from a million years ago now that they first we first saw that. And Bond says, you know, have you ever flown on these before? And I love him. I'm telling you, man, I think him and Nomi, like they're by playing just their vibe mm-hmm. off each other. I'm kind of thinking that may be like mm-hmm. the the um like the hidden kind of like whatever this movie that's going to take people people by surprise like i kind of feel like that may be like people may leave the movie thing i want to see more films with those two in it you know like i want them to be mm-hmm. together and like do more do more things together because they seem to just you know kind of bounce very well off each other their chemistry feels very good and yeah and so i love that part when he says you know have you ever flown one of these before she says nope 
and they dip out of the plane. Now we saw mm-hmm. that before, but then on this trailer, we see it, you know, fly out, hit the water. First we see Q is in the plane that, you know, he's helping them out, which was cool. But then we see, it, it, you know, it kind of hovers over the water for a second and then kind of dives underneath that. I love that. And it brought me back to, you brought up Roger Moore a second ago. It brought me back to, what was that spy who loved me with the, uh, yeah, the Lotus, the, Lotus, the submarine, the submarine. Car, you mm-hmm. know, so I don't know. How did you feel about it? You're smiling. So I'm assuming you liked it. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I liked, I liked how the plane mm-hmm. retracted. I liked how wings, yeah, yeah. it just, it, um, thank you. The, uh, you see, I'm excited. <laughs> um, yeah, just that whole, I mean, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of, um, completely different vibe, but the Raiders of the Lost Ark. The opening at the end of the opening mm, sequence, when he, yeah, they when take off. Indy, and when they take off, and you know, there's you know, there's like you know, the snake in the mm-hmm. in the cockpit, and then he's like, you know, I hate snakes, mm-hmm. Jack, I hate snakes. You know, it just reminded me of that that you know that right. banter. As serious as the situation mm-hmm. was, you know, it's like, hey, it's cool. We just you know, we just going <laughs> right. just going to let it do what it do. Right, right. And I think that maybe the vibe that you get between him and Nomi, which I'm hoping. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, like I said, I think that may be the hidden element that kind of comes out and kind of takes people by surprise. So, all right, but not to be, not to, you know, we always end the show on a high note, but so we're going to figure out a way to end it on a high note, but just to kind of these two trailers that we've talked about, you know, to bring it back into focus of kind of what we want to look at for this episode, we've expressed our semi excitement over Dune. I guess semi excitement is kind of overselling it, you know, whatever our kind of tepid excitement for Dune, our our interest. interest. Okay. Yeah. Our mild interest in Dune. And then we've expressed our tremendous interest in the no time to die. That was sparked by the no time to die trailer, trailer number two. So, but are there, are, are these trailers in this era that we're living in and this, in the middle of this pandemic, are these trailers, you know, are they empty promises? Cause, and I'll tell you what brought that to mind for me. <clears throat> excuse me there's a youtuber mm. um i always want to give attribution his name is uh um david zariski he's a uh bond he's a you know bond guy i think his i think his youtube channel is called the bond experience um but i watched one of, you know i watched a lot of reviews you know um dealing with you know all the no time to die trailers i usually do and he said something that when he was reviewing the uh the trailer that i found to be very true it spoke to me because i was i felt the exact same way he said i'm excited he said he found himself to be very excited about this trailer, not necessarily excited about the movie because he doesn't know if, when he's going to see the movie. Mm. And I felt the same mm. way. It's like, mm-hmm. I feel so excited over this trailer, but I'm still like, I'm still not in that zone where it's like, I'm excited about going to see the film. Cause I don't know if that November 25th date is going to stick. And I don't know if I'm going to the theater, you know, even if it does stay, I don't know if I'm going to the theater to see it. So all that to say, that's what brought this to mind. So I'm asking you, you know, how do you feel? Are these, are these trailers, you know, this one, Dune, uh, Wonder Woman, Black Widow, whatever trailer comes out, do they feel more yeah. so like empty promises now? For me, no, they don't feel like empty promises. They do feel like we're doing the best we can with what we got. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, I, you know, when I, when I look at trailers, I'm thinking about what I know to be complete and incomplete. Hmm. I know that Bond is done. You know what I mean? I know that Wonder Woman is done. I know that Ghostbusters is done. 
I know that, uh, um, what's the other one? Uh, Top Gun. I know Top Gun is done. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's sort of like, feels like a trailer for a film that it, that has an intended release. Mm-hmm. But films like, uh, not Black Widow, but if if they put out you know a Falcon and Winter Soldier trailer or something mm-hmm. like that, you know, it, it, there, there's certain things where it just doesn't feel like it's 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 you know it's it's gonna happen, or where it's like we have to put this out to let you know that we're actually working <laughs> right. on this. There are these two different classes of films that that I see when I'm looking at these trailers, um, and I also think that um, specific to No Time to Die. Because it's coming out late November around the U.S. Thanksgiving holiday, the U.S. election is is going to have happened. Mm-hmm. We would know the results of that election. And regardless of the outcome of that election, regardless of the outcome, half of the country is going to feel a certain kind mm-hmm. of way than the other half of mm-hmm. the country will. And, and outside of that, you know, the globe itself, you know, so there's a certain exhaling that's going to be taking place around the time that bond comes out. And so I'm saying that I think we all have to kind of get to a certain, we got to get to that in order to get to bond. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. Yeah. And I think, you know, and, and again, in the tradition of ending on, ending on a high note, I think that one thing that these, this trailer, I should say specifically the no time to die trailer did for me and I think for a lot of people is that it reminded you of movie magic. You know, it, re- it reminded you of that feeling mm-hmm. of exhilaration that you get in the end. Because, again, I had resigned myself to not even thinking about No Time to Die, really, until, you know, I don't know, next right. year or whenever. Um, right. But when I saw this, you know, it just like, you know, my blood jumped up again. You know, it's like I just got. Yeah. You know, let's let's do this. And I think that that is that is important. You know, that's that's a very good feeling to have. And, you know, who knows if, you know, like you said, once we exhale, once we see if a second wave of this, this virus is going to occur. Right. Yeah. Who knows if this film is going to drop on November 25th. Um, but I did feel mm. good. And I, I know a lot of people online, you know, I was looking at things online. A lot of people were very happy to get this trailer because um, it just even though mm. most people didn't expect it, most people would, didn't even really want it. Um, when we got it, it was like, man, that was that felt great, um, even though, I, again, I still feel like uh, what what Davis Rescue said about, you know, being excited for the trailer, and not necessarily for the movie. I think right now that I'm OK with that. You know, I'm fine with that. I'm at peace with that. Um, next week, maybe I won't be, you know, but I think that it is important that, that, you know, we remember how these films and these stories can make us feel. And to be honest, even though it didn't hit me and you this way, a lot of other people felt that way about Dune. You know, a lot of people saw the Dune trailer Mm -hmm. and it just kind of renewed and kind of gave them that little lift, you know, that they may need. Um, and I think that's important, man. So whatever, you know, and, and I feel bad for like the the Wonder Woman fans. You know, saying the series Wonder Woman fans, they got that yeah. bad news this week that yeah. that film got pushed again, like you said earlier. Um, and I don't know, you know, if the people who the, the Christopher Nolan fans who really wanted to see Tenet, I don't know how many of them mm-hmm. have not seen Tenet simply because they're mm-hmm. apprehensive about going mm-hmm. to the theater. Um, so there are those realities to deal with. But at the same time, I did feel good about, you know, this this No Time to Die trailer. So that's the high note It's just, you know, remember, you know, these stories are important and, you know, take the joy. If you get some joy out of it, you know, that's cool. 
um, and maybe go back and for for the Bond people, maybe go back and watch, you know, some of the other films in the meantime, maybe it renewed your interest in some of the old, older films. I'm not sure. But in the end, that was a, that was a great trailer, man. That was a really, really good trailer. All right. So it's a full wrap on episode number 26 of Mad Unreal. Um, hashtag Mad Unreal on Twitter. We want to hear from you about what do you think about both of these trailers, Dune, as well as uh, the No Time to Die trailer. Um, how do you feel if these are false promises, these trailers are false promises, um, or you know, if it's something to genuinely look forward to? Uh, my name is Arthur. My Twitter handle is A double R T H U double R. Mr. Perry. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at, at Isaac Perry. I S <clears throat> excuse me. I S A A C P E R R Y. Um, yeah. And hashtag mad and real. When you hit us, um, shout out to, uh, one of our, um, devoted listeners. Um, Sylvester Mata, um, or Mata, I'm sorry, Sylvester, I'm pronouncing your last name wrong. Sylvester Mata. Uh, he recently, you know, back in July, he unexpectedly lost his mother. So, our condolences go out to you for that. And he just reached out to us because, you know, when we did the um, the Chadwick Boseman episode um, and we were talking about, you know, the transformative experience that we see Chadwick's character of T'Challa go through um, in Civil War. Uh, he related to that because, he, you know, uh, Sylvester kind of he went through that same experience after the passing of his mother. So, again, I think that's what, you know, just to touch back on what we were just talking about a second ago you know, these films and these themes and these characters, they're important, you know, to people and they mean something and they can kind of connect to what we're going through, through in our own lives. So shout out to, um, to Sylvester, uh, Sly Mata for hitting us on, uh, Twitter and, and, you know, making us aware of that condolences to you, brother. And, uh, we hope that, um, you know, that spirit that you, you kind of discovered in, uh, that, that the, the role of, uh, T'Challa and what Chadwick did with that, um, that that kind of influences you and helps you get through what you're going through. And as always, um, you know, we hope that you keep it unreal and, uh, we're here for you, you know, to, uh, to keep providing this, um, these insights or whatever we can do for all of you guys to, uh, to connect with and to help you tell your own story. So hit us up on Mad Unreal, hashtag Mad Unreal, and, um, we will uh, include your thoughts in the show. All right, that's it. Peace. Keep it unreal.